This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Heard you miss me. I'm back. Back for my one-day work week. Let's do this. Let's do it. My three-hour work week. That's kind of nice to come <laughs> back for nice. one day. Although, wah, wah. I know. You're home. Yesterday at this time, were you... Yeah, yesterday. Pushing down a mountain. Actually, yesterday we drove back from Breckenridge to Denver, and we stopped at. Uh, we had extra. You know, we we left early because we wanted to make sure we didn't get stuck on I seventy. You know, right. And uh, we were making good time, so we stopped at Buffalo Bills gravesite. Oh, fun! In mm. Golden, Colorado. Wow. Yeah, so that's probably what I was doing at this time yesterday. Well, tell us about the the spring skiing. The conditions yeah, was fun. where you skied. It was nice. You know, I mean, we've we decided we're going to try skiing this year, or this winter, as like a COVID friendly, mm-hmm. you know, outdoor activity. And my nine year old took to it, so we went out to Breckenridge, and yeah, I mean, it was nice. Um, it's definitely you can tell it's warm enough up out there like we were skiing my son was not wearing a jacket and wow you was know, it sunny pack powder it was sunny and we yeah we really liked um we skied one day at breckenridge and one day at copper mountain and then we decided to take the third day just to relax and sit around the cabin and do nothing so yeah, fun. yeah it was fun so i love both those places but my favorite out of that summit county is copper yep me too and my my family agrees it's just because you can you can you know if you want to be Easy and green, you can ski down the whole mountain on a green. On a green, yeah. That's nice. It's pretty amazing. And if you want to do, you know, double black, you can do that too. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think the way it's spread out, the runs, it never feels crowded. Like Breckenridge, you've got to decide what peak you're going to ski. I think you're right. Like more organization ahead of time. more organization and... I don't know yeah. what it is about the vibe of copper, but I've always loved that. Yeah, there's something about just kind of these rolling green cruisers. Mm-hmm. Then if, if you know if you're not in the mood to just shred, you just want to kind of. I love that. Go down a mountain, nice and easy, and you can do that. So that was fun. Okay, so did your when I was your son's age, I used to have a giant walk or like a CD player, a disc yes, man yeah. in my jacket. Did <laughs> he listen? listen to music. Yeah, and I'd get really hurt if I fell on it. You know, like pierce my rib. Did your son listen to music when That's he went down? That's funny. No, we didn't even give him that option, but mm-hmm. I, he probably would have. He's uh, he's into music. He likes his Michael Jackson, and right now he's into the Beatles. Oh yeah, yeah. if you were to hit up a good. Beatles song on one of those rolling right. ones. Yeah. yeah. Where did you guys stay? Uh, we stayed at a cabin like six minutes uh, s- uh, south of Breckenridge. Okay. Fun. So, yeah, it was fun. So we and could just go back. And how about the town? I mean, were the restaurants all open, just limited capacity? You know, capacity? they were, and they take masking very seriously. There are signs everywhere. Uh-huh. You know, big signs as you cross the street. You know, if you love it here, you know, mask up or whatever it said. And um, if something, if you love this place... 
and cover your face or something okay. like that. But yeah, everybody took it seriously, but restaurants were open. People were eating outside. There was patios and stuff. But right. yeah, they were... Um, you know, and the people at the at the ski uh, at the mountain would make sure everybody had their masks over their nose, and you know they they were taking it seriously. So, and how about did you have to make reservations for skiing? Um, yeah, you you know, same with around here. If you want to go to Afton or Welch or whatever, you need to kind of book in advance because they only have so many you know slots. Um, I noticed out there only like Saturdays were would ever sell out. Okay, so if you uh-huh. wanted to go on a Tuesday or yeah. like we did, um, it was pretty. Pretty easy, so. Did you, I'm always curious about, did you guys bring your skis or rent your skis? We brought them, and we were excited because um, we flew Southwest, and Southwest gives you two free bags, tra- uh, uh, checked bags each. That's right. And they said, you know, oversized ski bags are fine, so yeah. we each brought, like, we each brought a big suitcase and, like, you know, two big ski bags, so, yeah. And then, uh, do you ever, because whenever I go to Colorado, I always end up buying at a gas station or whatever, because we would always buy like our lift tickets, like at the Lion. Yeah. You know, the grocery store, they always have the discounted tickets, but I would always be a sucker and buy those things for altitude. Oh, like the tablets. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, what we did this time, my my cousin was out there too, staying, and they actually rented an oxygen machine. They did. And, Whoa! Uh, yeah, because you know the altitude at Breckenridge is like twelve thousand feet, mm-hmm. um, and but they also sell cans of oxygen. So we, me, every now and then we would just take a hit off this yeah. can of oxygen, and it, it actually I think it helped. Yeah. Some people think it's a scam, and some people think it works. Yeah, you know. Well, but, the altitude headache is a real. Oh, thing. it was real. And, uh, but, it, you know, and just, you go up like a flight of stairs, you know, six stairs and you're, <laughs> you know, it's like, geez, but, um, yeah, I'm I think the oxygen helps. Yeah. I'm way higher than Minnesota. Right. But yeah, I mean, that Breckenridge is, pro- I think the highest, uh, ski resort in America, like 12,000 feet. So that's awesome. It sounds like you guys had an epic time. It was fun. I recommend, I mean, it's probably too late now since it's going to be 65 degrees next week, but skiing was a great COVID-friendly uh, activity this oh, winter. Yeah, skiing is, is so fun, and I love this. the spring skiing is the thing yeah. that I like the best. Yeah, I like it when there's a little bit of sun. And it's packed powder. Yeah, yeah, true that. I don't need any fresh. Yeah. I don't need anything <laughs> fresh. In fact, that terrifies me. I'm the... You have to ski so fast on a lot of yeah. you know, powder. Yeah, yeah. You have to be a really good skier, and you got to be able to go fast. That's what I've learned. And yeah. I'm not a fast skier. You like to enjoy the ride. Yeah, you know, That's... like I still remember the run at Copper, the Amer- American. Yeah, there was like the American Eagle or like the Eagle. There's three something. of them yeah. in a row, and they're just long, amazing I love blues. that. Yeah, yep. they're really good. Well, Rocco. What did I miss? Let's see. Hmm. It's been, um, you know, the countdown is on for uh, Oprah sitting down with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. That has been the big thing. And that's Sunday night? Sunday Sunday night. Okay. Yeah. On we had CBS. the Golden Globes. You got to miss all of that excitement. Oh, I saw a little bit of it. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Seuss got canceled and right. uncanceled. And I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah. And I'm trying to think. Think Julia and I continue to be obsessed with call my agent. Oh, that's right. Converting people one person at a time, and uh, we had uh, a, a, 
uh, an author yesterday. Yeah, we had a lovely uh, author a, from Wisconsin. Yeah, fantasy book. Yeah. Brit- Brittany, did you watch the WandaVision finale? And if I, so, don't say anything. I have not. I'm really behind because okay. I watched Disney Plus at my nephew's house. So I, I'm on like episode like two or three. We we have decided that Lori's just going to not. I'm going to be out of the zeitgeist on that one. Yeah. No, I don't think you'd like it. And I'm not even sure I like it. It's definitely deep cut Marvel universe. It really like, is. And I'm not in that universe. So I'm yeah. just kind of like, mm. and I'm a nerd about that universe, but I actually kind of have more fun looking up at all the theories that other people, like I'm not going to find the Easter eggs, but I like reading about them after. Well, it's I well will done. say yeah. Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, they've been everywhere this week doing I interviews know. and they're delightful on the couch. And I was like five episodes in before I even realized that this woman is um, related to the Olsen twins. Isn't oh, that Ashley? I had no idea. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mary Kane Ashley. Yeah. And she's really good on the show. I know. She's, no um, complaints about her. Yeah, she's been acting for a while, but I think this is like her breakout thing. She's done a lot of like independent movies and mm-hmm. people weren't like Julie and I knew it was because I'm sure Chris Hewitt, who we're talking about, talking to later, he told us about a movie she was in and yeah. in that review said, and she's related to the Olsen sisters. Yeah, she did that movie with uh, Adrena Patridge, uh, the girl from Parks and Rec. Yes. Um, that was huge. And they, they did a lot of press and they got a lot of attention because they have a really fun friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she came out big. This is her, her big movie that she came out with for Marvel Universe is Age of El- Ultron. And then, then they made this spinoff. So I've yeah, never even heard of it. She's Ultron. really good. Yeah. She's so good. Yeah, she really is. It's interesting that she's the one with the big acting career and Mary Kate and Ashley. Right. They just don't. They're yeah. just trying to keep the Rowan business. It's fun because you, yeah, you. It's it's one of those things where you wonder if they have, you know, issues because now she's in the limelight and they avoid the limelight. The, she, those girls were child actors and Elizabeth wasn't. I so. know, and so I, and I, yeah, I read a it. whole thing about how they get along really well, but they definitely, you know, avoid some of her big premieres and stuff like that. I think they've come to a couple, but they, she's very understanding that they don't want to go to a lot of that stuff. They're yeah. kind of burnt out on that world. Yeah, I see that. I can get that. Yeah. All right. Listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Is that song picked for this segment or did it just show up like that? It was oh. random, but that's pretty good. Perfect. Oh, well, the story of our life this week has been um, the... Uh, the big uh, uh, sit-down that is going to happen this weekend with um, Harry and Meghan talking to Oprah Winfrey, which is, I mean, CBS has been teasing it. The Windsors have, uh, and by Windsors, I mean Buckingham Palace, Kensington Palace, and Clarence House. Uh, they are in just a full-on panic mode over what these two are going to say to one of the most famous and powerful women in the entertainment industry here in the United States, who's a Absolutely. very good interviewer. And, um, you know, saying that Megan is the real bully, that she wanted people to hate her, that she wore blood earrings. And then they find out, oh, the queen only approves the earrings. Yeah. And she's a big bully. And now Buckingham Palace. It's just so amateur hour over there. So then... CBS, they were like, and this was with one clip that happened on Tuesday. It was just Oprah saying, were you silenced or were you silenced? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No no response. They went crazy. Then the next day they did a little bit more. This is the clip uh, that CBS released today before the Sunday night interview. 
So I just want to say that I called you <laughs> either February or March 2018 before the wedding. Mm-hmm. Asking, uh, would you please give me an interview? <laughs> and you said, I'm sorry, it's not the right time. Mm -hmm. And finally, we get to sit down and have I'm, this conversation. Yeah. Well, I remember that conversation very well. I wasn't even allowed to have that conversation with you personally, right? There had to be people from the comp sitting there, right? Everything yeah, there, was. There were other people in the room when I was having that conversation. Yeah, you turned me down nicely and said, uh, perhaps there will be another time when there's the right time. Mm -hmm. What is right about this time? Um, well, so many things. Um, Start spilling. <laughs> that were on the other side of a lot of a lot of life experience mm -hmm. that's happened, and also that we have the ability to make our own choices mm -hmm. in a way that I couldn't have said yes to you then. That mm -hmm. wasn't my choice to make. So as an adult who lived a really independent life, to then go into this construct that is um, different than mm -hmm. I think what people imagine it to be, it's really liberating to be able to have the right and the, the privilege in some ways to be able to say yes. I'm, and, and to I'm say it for talk. yourself. To say it for and yourself. And not to have to consult with anybody at this point. Yeah, to yes. be able to just make a choice on your own and just be able to speak for yourself. Oh. Because if they're not members of the royal and doing anything royal, they're not under the constructs of you can't say anything. Yeah. Everything has to be approved. They've lost their damn minds because don't forget... British press and the people who are handling the amateur hour PR thing for the royal family. This is a woman who's pregnant, who's already had one miscarriage, yeah, and already let us know how tough it was that first pregnancy with the stories. I mean, she, yeah. the, how she cradled her baby, the sunglasses she wore, the dress she wore. They were just finger, vicious. Vicious, vicious. Just vicious. tore her apart. So then, um, GMA had um, Omid Scobie, who's the, he covers all things royals for Harper's Bazaar. He also wrote the book, Harry and Meghan, Finding Freedom. Uh -huh. And then this Richard Jobson, who I forget uh, who he works for, but let's play one of those cuts, Rocco. There are reports out this morning that more staffers might be coming forward uh, about these allegations of bullying. Any idea what they could be saying and what this might do to the investigation? Well, I think that actually this is going to make it a much wider investigation. Buckingham Palace have opened a can of worms by saying they don't tolerate <laughs> bullying. And I think this must go much wider than Meghan herself because it'll involve other members of the royal family and also other senior members of staff. So I, I personally have spoken to a couple of members of staff, who, former members of staff, who have said that a lot of these allegations were logged and nothing was done about it. So I think to actually focus all attention on Meghan is particularly unfair. And it seems to me that... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hierarchical situation like a palace where staff can't really answer back. There's bound to be situations like this. I think the palace have really opened something that probably won't be able to put back in the box. And what he's referring to, this Richard Jobson, is that there have been First of all, a multitude of actual complaints of bullying and verbal abuse about Prince Andrew. Yes. Just how his demeanor is and how rude he is to everybody and all of this. So now they're going to have to investigate that. Yeah. Why don't they devote, uh, devote more coverage to the fact that the FBI wants to talk to Prince Andrew about his association with Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, the dead pedophile yeah. sex trafficker i mean, I mean yes and yes, now they've yes. opened it up it's wild it's so amateur and richard yeah. jobson is always he's always defending the palace and very much not on the side of harry and megan so mm-hmm. he can even see because even in the story on tuesday where they tried to that her choice of earrings for a formal dinner in 2018 blew back on them because the queen's jewelry it could have a crime scene tape around it because she's gotten I we've stolen so many stuff, things. Dictator, yeah. you know, I way I'm back sure. and no one borrows anything without the queen's consent. So that was a detail in that story which just blew up in their faces. I mean, I think I think this is the when I think about it, they're grasping at straws in a cupboard that they shouldn't even open. <laughs> Right? Because what are you doing? You've got way worse things. I know. And then here's Omid Scobie talking. I don't know if we have the clip of him where he just said, you know, there are so many claims about Prince Andrew in the bullying department as far as having an office. I don't know if we have him saying that, but we've got Uh, this was the other clip you said. Okay. The timing of all of this is, of course, a huge part of the story. Uh, the allegations coming forward from the palace, just as Meghan and Harry are about to drop this big interview with Oprah. Is this the right time for Meghan and Harry to be doing this interview? Yeah, I think a lot of people are questioning the timing of Harry and Meghan finally speaking up. Of course, it comes, unfortunately, whilst Prince Philip still remains in hospital. But we have to remember that this was really held back by Meghan's privacy case with the Mail on Sunday here in the UK. It wasn't until they won that case and proved their point that they were able to confirm with Oprah that they finally wanted to set the record straight. And from what I hear, they're very looking forward to having their story finally out there. And today, the Daily Mail by the judge, not only do they owe, they have to pay 90% because they they printed Meghan Markle's letter to her father. Somehow they convinced her father to give it to them and they published it in their paper. She sued them for privacy and Mm -hmm. infringement. And they have to pay her back $1.6 million, Rocco. 90% of their legal. $1.6 million and... They said that the Associated Newspapers and the Mail on Sunday, or the Fail on Sunday, both have to publish a front-page statement highlighting her legal victory, and they have to run it for a week. Oh, my. But good for her. I mean, there needs to be some accountability, and I think 
I think that it would be insane for Harry to see what happened to his mom and not feel like he needs to guard his pregnant wife. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. I'm so. I'm like that, Sunday. That's, yeah, so that's I have nothing happening. going on until Sunday. Yeah, I know. So when they won that case, that's when they uh, did it. And they're, they, they're going to keep going after these two. But it is backfiring badly on um, on the royals. And William is petty. I love when you tell he's, me these he's stories. Petty. He's jealous over his brother. He's an, he's, you just know he's it an all. Idiot. I love it. He's an idiot. Listen. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Friday, March 5th. Uh, we are delighted. We have our friend, Chris Hewitt, who covers uh, movies and theaters and occasionally a book for the Star Tribune. Hi, Chris Hewitt. Hi, how are you? Well, I feel like it's getting closer to the time when we can see you and your Twizzlers in person. Do you think? I don't know. Maybe in a couple months. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like maybe we'll be able to get a vaccine by middle of May. Yeah. So that's when uh, we're planning on opening our studio doors. Great. When that happens. I mean, we miss you. We miss seeing your face. I know. And do you remember that I was the last in-studio guest you had? Yes, you were. And it was about, it was probably next, like it was probably around the 10th or something like that, 11th of March. Yep, that sounds right. I had just gotten back from New York, weirdly. That's right, because you gave us the theater rundown on shows that all closed then. Because you. (laughs) I'm the kiss of death. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's talk. Let's start with uh, Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon. That movie is in theaters and on Disney Plus. And I saw uh, photos of Kelly Marie Tran at whatever kind of, you know, limited uh, press release. And, oh, my God, she looks so darling in her what she wore. And I'm just excited about this movie, even though I don't have Disney Plus. Yeah, she's delightful. And it is in, if I mean, not that a lot of people are willing to go to theaters these days, but it is in theaters, too, if that at all helps. And did we did you like it? I mean, it's a PG movie, so it's definitely you know for kids. Yeah, it's a, a an adventure that takes place uh, in Southeast Asia, and uh, Kelly Marie Tran does the voice of Raya, who is a girl who is sent off on kind of a mythic Lord of the Rings type quest. There's mm-hmm. this gem that can maybe unite her kingdom, but it's been split into five pieces. So she has to get all five of the pieces and uh, be the person who unites her people. And uh, so there's these little kind of missions, most of which are fun. And she's accompanied by a dragon whose voice is supplied by Aquafina. And the cast also includes Gemma Chan and Sandra Oh. So it's like a host of great Asian and Asian American and Asian British actresses. Mm. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay. You gave it three out of four stars. So that's, I did. that's a good rating. And then um, uh, I feel like uh, Eddie Murphy has been everywhere. He gives great couch on whatever show he's uh been on he's done some any interviews with Arsenio but let's talk about coming to America which was actually released I think a day early and that's available on Amazon Prime 33 years after the original yeah I just I don't know I think maybe people need to be wary of sequels that come out that long after the original because 
A, if we really wanted them, maybe they would have come earlier. And B, even if we do really want them, is there any way they're going to be able to recapture even a soup song of what was good about the original? And in this case, I don't think they really do. He, I think, is really funny in it. He plays the same. He plays an African king as well as three American characters, all of which he played in the original. In the barbershop, those guys? The barbershop guy and the kind of James Brown-like singer. And, oh, yeah, and the other guy in the barbershop, too, who's a customer named Saul. Mm -hmm. And I think he's really funny as all of those parts, but he's not in the movie that much. He's maybe in half of it. A lot of it is about his kid, who nobody's going to care about. Well... What do you give this one? I mean, is it is it worth watching? I mean, I guess the thing is, in your home, maybe the bar is a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. So if you're an Eddie Murphy fan, I guess I would say it's worth watching. But I wouldn't say it's worth going too far out of your way or spending too much money to see. Because you're better off, honestly, watching the first one again. Okay. Mm, interesting. And did Louis Anderson have much to do or was he kind of in his same part? It's a cameo. It's a cameo, okay. uh, Very early on. He's funny, but no, he doesn't have too much to do. Okay. All right. Have you, Chris, have you seen uh, the the movie Minari? Yes. Okay, let's talk about that, because this movie looks so amazing. I love Stephen Young from, uh, you know, Walking Dead is in it, and when the director of Minari won, although I'm not sure why this was in the foreign language film, category at the golden globes but his daughter jumped in his lap and i know there's a young kid in this movie just give us the lowdown on on minari that young kid by the way whose name is alan s kim is one of my favorite movie kids ever he's just adorable and smart and full of personality um the movie the guy who you saw accepting that award is named lee isaac chung and it's based on his childhood where his dad uprooted their Korean-American family, and they moved into a trailer in Arkansas. In fact, I think the movie might have been filmed in the actual trailer uh, so they could start a vegetable farm. And the rest of the family isn't necessarily into this dream, and it doesn't seem like a particularly welcoming place, but they sort of rely on each other and get on each other's nerves until they send for the mom's mother who still lives in Korea and she comes and she's this sort of cantankerous and funny and opinionated person. And somehow or other, when she arrives, things start to work for the family a little bit better and they start to get along. And um, it's just a really sweet, gentle, tender movie. People are going to love it. And when will we be able to see Minari? Well, it is available on demand now. It is. Um, and it has been available and I think still is on a new streaming service called A24 Streaming. But it's on demand and it's also in theaters as well. And have you, have, did you interview, interview anybody from the film? I didn't. You didn't, okay. I can't remember if that was even an opportunity. It's kind of one of these strange movies because it's been around so long. It was at the Sundance Festival, not the one that happened a month ago, but the one that happened 13 months ago. Right. Yeah. And it won all the top awards and has kind of been sort of working its way to now being in front of audiences. But um, no, I, I didn't 
I didn't have a chance to interview anybody, and I would love to because there are a lot of really interesting people in it. And I think the woman who plays the grandma is probably going to win an Oscar. You do? Mm. And do you think do. this is going to be like an Oscar contender? I mean, will it as like Best Picture and you think some acting nominations? Oh, for sure. It'll be a Best Picture nominee. Steven Yeun will be nominated. Uh, possibly the woman who plays the mother, whose name is Yeri Han, will be nominated. For sure the grandma will be nominated. Um, it's, I would say got a pretty good chance at the screenplay award. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to do very well at the Oscars. Okay. Who have you talked to lately? Who have you interviewed lately? I interviewed Chloe Zhao, who is the writer director of Nomadland. Hmm. Um, and who else have I interviewed? Okay. Lately? Let's, let's back up and talk about that. Cause I did, I did finally watch that movie last week in Nomadland and really liked it. And oh my gosh. I'm really glad that I'm, I, I don't have to be a nomad because I don't think I'd be very good at this. <laughs> yeah. I, I just got to say, but I was glad to know about it. But, you know, Chloe's out. She has, um, because I remember first learning her name for that movie. And I, was it a documentary writer? It's not a documentary, but it's another movie where the people play themselves. Okay. So that's it. So is this her second movie, Nomadland, or something like it's that? It's her, third? I think, third. Okay. There's one that preceded the writer that was filmed on a reservation in South Dakota. And, of course, a lot of Nomadland is filmed in South Dakota, too. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, the writer is where Frances McDormand, who stars in Nomadland and produced it, met Chloe Zhao because they were both on the kind of award circuit for... Uh, Chloe Zhao for the writer and Frances McDormand for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And she had the rights to this book, Nomadland, which is a nonfiction book about people who move into their vans and travel around getting out jobs and saw the writer and thought, hmm, I wonder if she might be a good person to make a movie of it. And it turned out she's the perfect person to make a movie of it. Yeah. Yeah. She really, I don't know that everyone will like that movie. You know, it's uh I could like I know my mom probably wouldn't like that movie. She would just say I didn't get it or it would move too slow for her. But there's not a lot going on plot wise for right. sure. Right. It's a character study. You know? Yes, thank you. So if you don't like those kinds of movies, uh uh don't watch that one. But what uh what surprised you when you were talking to uh uh Chloe Zhao about just, you know, making this movie or working with Francis? What what surprised you? Well, I mean, I wasn't surprised that she loves Frances McDormand um, or that, you know, she really immersed herself in this culture for months to learn about the people. I guess the thing that I was most interested in chatting with her about is is her next movie is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm. the Eternals, with Angelina Jolie and Kumail Nanjiani. And you're like, how do you go from a movie that cost, I don't know, I think it's like $4 million or something like that. And is, as you said, not particularly event filled Mm -hmm. and, you know, basically filmed on the fly to a hundred million dollar Marvel superhero movie. And like, what's the connection there? But so the thing that surprised me was she kind of said, you know, it's not really all that different. What I like to do is set up a situation where I have restrictions, and within those restrictions, I get to make whatever choices I want to make. So in this case, the restrictions are, you know, there are superheroes and a lot of 
stuff has to happen that's going to fit in with the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but she could work with the actors the way she wanted to. She said she used the same camera that she used for Nomadland to film a superhero movie, and so it made me very excited to see what that movie's going to be like. I can't hardly imagine. Yeah, and Angelina is in it. Did she say anything, or did you ask anything specific about Angelina? I didn't ask about Angelina. Mm. All right, I'm just curious, you know. Yeah. About her. Um, I tend to have an antipathy to her. <laughs> yeah, you do? She's one of my least favorite people I've ever interviewed. Really? Because? Um, well, okay, to be fair, it was a long time ago and she was really young, but mm-hmm. she came to town with Johnny. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Lee Miller for the movie Hackers. This would be probably what, in the 90s? Yeah. Maybe? And uh, they had just gotten married but they were being kind of cute about whether or not they were married. Oh, and so she like was openly lying in response to questions. I was in their hotel room at the Marquette theater and it was a complete dump. They had trashed the place and I don't know. I just thought she seemed like a privileged brat. Yeah. Well, she probably was then. Yeah. That's probably true. Yeah. She probably was. So I right. Maybe give her another chance. You, when you get a chance to talk to her for the Eternals, Chris, you're just going to let it go. Like Julia and I have let go of the fact that we've met numerous people who looked through us and uh, didn't even acknowledge us. But if we ever see him okay, again, we're going to give that. him another chance. She's directing another movie, too. So that and I can't remember what it was, but it sounded really interesting. So you're right. I probably should give her another shot. Yeah, you will. Um, Okay, listen, can you stay with us? Sure. Okay, um, we come back. We're going to talk about, you know, the Oscar ballots, I think, are went out today. The Critics' Choice is this week. Uh, We learned that the SAG Awards is going to be a one hour show. Uh, Holly also posted great cinematic moments in Elizabeth Taylor's jewelry. Mm. So if you need just something um, delicious to page through, I would recommend hitting the Low J uh, show page and looking at that. We'll be right back with Chris Hewitt. Hey, everybody. We're talking with Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune. You can follow him at Hewitt Strib um, for all your movie and uh, theater news. Tell us real quick before we move on, um, Chloe Zhao speaking at the Walker Art Center, what that's all about. It's one of these, I'm not exactly sure, I haven't seen any of the ones that they've done virtually. In Mm -hmm. fact, I'm trying to think, have they done any virtually? I don't know. Last year they had Bong Joon-ho right after he won the Oscar for Parasites. Um, and this will be right before Chloe Zhao wins hers for Nomadland. But it's a, a dialogue where they'll have a critic come in okay. and do an interview and show clips and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. Good for the walker. Yeah, they're uh, keeping their finger on the pulse. Yeah, they really are. Now give us your Annette Benny news. Or, yeah, Annette Benny movie news before we move yeah. on. So... The guy who won the Oscar for Best Documentary, was it just last year for Free Solo? It's so hard to remember because it seems so long ago. It was last year or the year before. I think mm-hmm. it was last year. Is, is um, that the climbing one, the climbing movie? 
yep, climbing El Capitan without yeah. basically without any equipment at all. It just seems nuts. Oh my god. That um, was a good but movie. anyway, he's from Mankato. His name is Jimmy Chin. And he and his partner, whose name is slipping my mind, are going to make a fictional movie, but based on the true story of Diana Nyad swimming the channel between Florida and Cuba. And and is going to play her. Wow. Hmm. All right. Well, that was yeah, a great movie. It this summer. Yeah, that was a great movie, Free Solo. And, uh, oh, and, yeah. You know, Annette Benning, I always feel like she rarely does not have a good picker for movies. Oh, well, maybe she works too much because I think she makes a lot of good stuff, but then she, she does, does make some. She bad does. Stuff. Did you right. that? Did you see that Gloria Graham one? No. See, that's Some it. Stars. I miss her bad ones. <laughs> you dodge <Yeah>. them. <laughs> um, tell us about this. Um, this uh, Summer of Soul. Is that a documentary? Oh, yes. It's so good. It is the same year as Woodstock. There was an enormous concert and also consciousness raising event, I think you could say, in Harlem, where huge, huge acts performed. Nina Simone was there. The Family Stone was there. Uh, the Fifth Dimension were there. And the movie, which was made by Questlove and which won all of the prizes it could win at Sundance last month, um, is mostly a concert film with some interviews, present-day interviews with the people. So you see Marilyn Davis and Billy McCoo looking at the footage and saying, oh my gosh, we never got to play for black audiences. We always played for white audiences. It was such a thrill for us to be there. And she starts crying, remembering how important it was for them to do that concert. And it's just a beautiful movie and it has so much great music. Gladys Knight and the Pips are in it. And how do we see Summer Soul? Is that on demand or where is it? It isn't out yet. It was at, it was okay. just at the festival, and it got picked up for distribution for a record number for a documentary. But I bet we're going to see it in theaters this summer. You do? Okay. All right. That's something yeah. to look forward to. Now, what did you think of the Golden Globes this past Sunday? Well, I mean, <laughs> I might feel about the Golden Globes a little bit about the way I feel about Angelina Jolie. Uh-huh. And they've given us even more reason to feel contemptuous of them this year with all the terrible news about how un- uninclusive they are. Yeah. But I thought Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were, as usual, hilarious. They were great. Yeah. And I love Jane Fonda's speech. I thought there were enough highlights to keep me watching, for same. sure. What did you guys think? Yeah, I, I felt the same way. I mean, uh, Jane Fonda, Norman Lear, they're, they were savage, Amy and um, Tina. And I thought it was delightfully awkward how they showed all the people on Zoom. As I know. The winner was accepting. And, you know, that was <laughs> that was like, I, I loved it. It, I know. It, it's funnier. I guess it's more comfortable when everybody's drinking at a table, but that Zoom thing is just like, oh, look at stars are just like us. It's like when you're in a Zoom meeting and you see somebody get promoted and right. you know that somebody else in your team right. was angry about it. And you're like watching their face. There was something about that and seeing that I still love seeing them in their houses. I know that makes yeah. me creepy, but I'm fine with that. Yeah, like, same. Well, what do you think? Um, when When do we know the Oscars? So the ballots went out today. So voting starts. Yeah, I was actually emailing with an Oscar voter today who was starting to fill out his ballot. Mm. Okay, I can't wait for the Hollywood Reporter to do their confessions of a of a, an Oscar voter. But are we gonna? Is it gonna be the same? The same? 
Ma Rainey, Nomad Land, Promising Young Woman, Trial of Chicago Seven. I mean, is it maybe the United States versus Billy Holiday? I mean, is it pretty much all the shows that we've been seeing nominated in other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the nominations and even honestly the wins are pretty much locked in now. But I am intrigued to see what the show is going to be like because nobody's really tried to figure out how to do a red carpet yet, right? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. And that seems like such a key part of the Oscars. I don't know. I mean, maybe they're not going to do it either. But, you know, Steven Soderbergh is the producer this year. That, and that's he's a really inventive guy. So, yeah. well, I don't know. I hope he's got something up his sleeve. Yeah, we do too. When is the, when are the Oscars? Is it like uh, April, the end of April? April 25th? Yeah, middle of April. Yeah, it's yeah, it's in April. It's, a, it's all about two months later than it usually would be. And the nominations are March 15th. Okay. Now, my mom described the People versus Billie Holiday as, she called it a straight-out porno movie. <laughs> how how do you feel about her description of that movie? <laughs> well, we do see a lot of Andre Day. I guess that's what she was talking about, but I feel like there's only one sex scene in the whole movie. That would be a very tame, straight-out porno movie. <laughs> well, I certainly say. would. Maybe it was because she was watching it with my brother. Oh, yeah. That always makes it feel like oh. they're longer scenes. Yeah. With the but did you girl. like that movie, Chris? Because I, I do want to see The People versus Billie Holiday. I, uh, oh, it's the United States versus Billie Holiday. Or the United States, I, okay. I didn't love the movie, but I do think she's terrific in it. Okay. It's it, it's one of those those biopics that kind of only focuses on the bad. Like, you don't get to see any of, was there ever a time in her life when Billie Holiday was happy? Mm-hmm. And supposedly she was a really witty person, but that's not evident in the movie. It's basically all shooting up and okay. getting drunk. Yeah, and, maybe that's why my mom didn't like it. It was too much darkness. As far as, like, yeah, the, the, it, the, the focus of all the movie was on those topics. Yeah, it's very dark. You get the idea that she maybe never had a happy day in her entire life. All right. All right. Well, we've been we've been told about that. It's so good to talk to you. We'll, of course, keep reading you in the Star Tribune and follow you at Hewitt Strib. 